Hello, hello, hello. Podcast delayed, not podcast denied. It's Michael Pelka on the Piro Pelka podcast here on the final day, the last day of February 2023. Yeah, sorry to see it go. March comes in tomorrow. And I am headed to Washington, D.C. for CPAC, the Conservative Political Action Conference. It is my 11th or 12th attendance of CPAC. I lose track. I really don't know. Somebody will tell me when I get there. But we will be reporting from CPAC, giving you all the uh, highlights, lowlights, whatever lights we see. And for those of you who follow me in uh, radio, I will be appearing with Drew Steele on 92.5 Fox News Radio out of Fort Myers, Naples. And you can listen at writeallalong.net. They stream the station at writeallalong.net. Before we get into today, because a busy day it is, let's look at what happened on this day back in the day. On this day in 1827, the B&O Railroad, the Baltimore and Ohio Railroad, is the first railroad in America to be certified to carry people and freight. Huge deal. And it opened up a lot of business. In 1861, uh, Congress formed the Colorado Territory, not a state, just a territory. They joined a little bit later. In 1916, Haiti became the first U.S. protectorate. You know what a protectorate is? It's a, a country... That can't defend itself. So it makes friends with people like like the United States to say, hey, if we get in any trouble, do you have our back? And we exchange, you know, trade with them. Think of the movie My Bodyguard. That's kind of the relationship of a protectorate and a country like Haiti. In 1935, DuPont had a scientist who invented nylon. It took him two years to get the patent but it was officially invented in 35. In 53, Drs. Crick and Watson announced that they have discovered the chemical structure of DNA, the, uh, the double helix, if you will. In 1969, Robert Kennedy's assassin, Sirhan Sirhan, announced he wanted to be executed. California said, no, you're going to live a long, painful life. In uh, 1983, something amazing happened. I think it was a record at the time. 77% of American television households tuned in to see the finale of an iconic TV show. You remember it? Just that sound should do it. Yeah, it was the final, final episode of the series MASH. Quite a quite a huge success, and uh, Mash was made after the movie Mash was a success. A little bit different. The movie was a little more adult in its focus, and the movie came from the book, a terrific book, and it reads very quickly too. If you're looking for a little uh, spring reading list, you can do that. Uh, Mash on this day back in what was what did I say? 1977, 1983, 70- of America tuned in. And uh, on this date in 2013, Pope Benedict resigned and retired and lived in uh, a quiet, studious life. But as we now understand, he had a whole bunch of writings that he created, and those may be released soon. 
Yes, Benedict passed away at the end of last year. So he uh, re- he resigned from the papacy. First time in my life I remember that happening, and that was 2013. All right, busy day today. Where do we even go? We still have fallout from the uh, announcement on Sunday. The Wall Street Journal had the leaked documents that showed that, yeah, the uh, Department of Energy, along with the FBI, now believe, like the rest of right-thinking people, that COVID leaked from a Chinese laboratory. And golly, Bob, howdy, Fauci was one of the people who was providing funding for that laboratory. That's not in the report. That's just what we know. So that big deal is still unfolding. And in fact, there's so much out there. I I don't even know where to begin. And uh, let's see if I got Fauci. He's, He's still denying that's real. Dr. Falcherino? We must all keep an open mind as to all possibilities. The data that uh, evolutionary virologists have submitted uh, and published in peer-reviewed journals rather strongly suggests that it was a natural occurrence. There appears to be obviously a disagreement. We have to look at the data. Uh, I don't see any data for a lab leak. Hmm. Well, let's go back to January 31 the last day of January in 2020, when you got an email about that, Jim Jordan has talked about that. Jim Jordan is the guy who knows more about what Fauci's up to, I think even more than Rand Paul. And I'd like to see Jim Jordan and Rand Paul quiz Dr. Fauci in a joint hearing. Jim Jordan was on with uh, Laura Ingram last night and ranting about the Fauci denials. He knew three years ago, January 31st, 2020, he gets an email from Dr. Anderson that says, virus looks engineered, virus not consistent with evolutionary theory. The next day, he gets another email from Dr. Gary, which which says, I don't know how this happens in nature, but it would be easy to do in a lab. Those guys changed their story a few days later after a conference call with Dr. Fauci. And then, of course, three months after that, those two doctors, Dr. Anderson and Dr. Gary, get a $9 million research grant from none other than Dr. Fauci. He had to hide this because it was our tax dollars going to the Wuhan Institute of Virology doing gain-of-function research, and so he had to cover it up, and that's what he continues to do even up to today. And it is wrong, but the American people see through it all. Through all of it, every little bit of it. Tom Cotton, Senator Tom Cotton, has a response after he was roundly criticized and called, uh, well, basically a nut job, a racist, so many things after he kept pushing the Wuhan lab theory. The only conspiracy here was a conspiracy of silence among the left in America, whether it's the liberal media that was trying to silence me and others making these basic points, or Democratic politicians like Joe Biden, Nancy Pelosi, saying we're racist or nativist or xenophobic. Um, And then you had MSNBC and CNN and all the rest piling on. And then you have people, you know, in the government, like Tony Fauci, as you were pointing out earlier, adding more fuel to this conspiracy of silence, trying to squelch all dissent about the party line. And I want to remind everyone that both of these points were just basic common sense. Anyone could look at the facts on the ground of Wuhan and say, this virus most likely came from that lab. Well, anyone who's not a Democrat, uh, Admiral John Kirby was in front of the press yesterday and he's trying to sow the party line. The president made uh, trying to find the origins of code a priority right when he came into office. And he's got a whole of government effort designed to do that. Uh, There is not a consensus right now 
in the U.S. government about exactly how COVID started. Uh, there is just not an intelligence community consensus. Hmm. Consensus and whole of government. Those are terms that keep popping up in uh, the uh, reports from the White House press shop and from the mainstream media. KJP, cringe, even had something to say. Not so long ago, a point where anyone asking the question at whether a lab leak was a credible theory that should be looked into, you know, a lot of those people were derided as, as fringe, you know, conspiracy theorists. So are there lessons learned, you know, looking back about how we discuss um, theories when we don't have all of the answers. The president's commitment to getting to the bottom of this, right? That is what's the most important so that we can, you know, we can share this with Congress, we can share this with the American people. And right now there is no consensus. Ah, no consensus. There's the magic phrase. There's the phrase that pays. Really irritating. They're circling the wagons because they know we have the receipts. They know we have the emails. It is... Um, it's really frustrating because how do you make China pay? How do you make China pay? I'm old enough to remember when Joe Biden was running for president and COVID was a thing. And he promised, he tried to play tough guy Joe Biden and say that he was going to hold China accountable. You remember that? Well, what I would do were I president now, I would not be taking China's word for it. I'd insist that China allow our scientists in to make a hard determination of how it started, where it's from, how far along it is, because that is not happening now. No, no, it wasn't. And and so then you fast forward. That was February of 2020, right after Fauci knew that the uh, virus was man-made, engineered. And uh, Joe Biden then turns up to be the president and just uh, two years later, he's walking into the press room in, uh, in the uh, White House. And Peter Ducey asked him a question about China. You know, you promised you'd confront him. Did you? You mentioned 554,064 American dead from COVID-19. A lot of families want to know how this happened, how it got here. Have you had a chance to speak to any of your international partners, any of uh, President Xi, who I know you go way back with. Have you had a chance to ask him if these reports are true, that China maybe misled the world at the beginning? No, I, I have not had that conversation with President Xi. And then he walks away. No, I have not had that conversation with President Xi. And then I'm walking away. And if you're one of the people who calls out Fauci and dares to bring this up, the White House press office decides that you are not helpful. You're not a helper. So I, I do want to speak to Dr. Fauci because uh, the political attacks on someone like Dr. Fauci, who uh, and, and public officials more broadly, but Dr. Fauci, who has spent his career saving lives, uh, and um, you know whether it was the AIDS epidemic or as we have just. Uh, coming out of this uh, uh, COVID, this once-in-a-generation pandemic, uh, these attacks have been counterproductive. They have not been helpful. Uh, this is someone, again, who has spent his almost entire career uh, fighting for the well-being, the health of the American people. And so... So not helpful and counterproductive. When's the last time Dr. Fauci saw a patient? <laughs> I wonder. Boy, they're really circling the wagons, aren't they? really circling the wagons on around Fauci to protect him. 
And they're going to try and distract with a couple of other stories out there. You notice how the Chinese balloon story seems to have disappeared, right? We haven't heard anything about spy balloons. At one point, there were like hundreds of them in the sky, according to what they were telling us. And, and Trump didn't even respond to them. Well, where are they now? Do you think China stopped doing that? I don't think so. But they're trying to distract us with other issues, other stories, other topics. Today, the Supreme Court is hearing a couple of cases, one which is pretty darn important. That's the uh, the um, attempts to let Joe Biden circumvent the Constitution to become a dictator. He is a dictator. He wants to use his power to cancel student loans. The funny thing is about this to me. That the majority of this money, which is going to be in the hundreds and hundreds of billions, some say near a trillion. The funny thing to me is the people who will reap the benefit of this are going to be very well off. And I heard a brilliant comparison. I think it was John Roberts on uh, Fox may have said this, uh, saying that you will have hospital workers, cafeteria workers in the hospital having to pay more money in taxes to pay off the student loans of the doctors. Joe Biden is very fond of saying that that a teacher or a firefighter shouldn't pay a higher tax rate than a billionaire. How does that square with this situation? I wonder. Now, the Supreme Court is hearing the case, or they heard it today. They allotted a couple hours. They went at least four hours. And I certainly hope they have the sense to throw this out and say that uh, Biden doesn't have any ability to do this because it does make him a dictator if he gets a win. And it's a terrible, terrible thing, aside from being an expense to people who didn't want it, need it or ask for it. It's buying votes. It's a bribe. Even CNN called out Biden and Democrats on on their past comments, uh, you know, they talked about that he doesn't have the power. This is from CNN. Even the president himself in a CNN uh, town hall in Milwaukee last year questioned and, and actually laid out the limits of his authority. Listen to this. I'm prepared to write off the $10,000 debt, um, but not fifty. Mr. President, let me ask you, because I don't think I have the authority to do it by sound of no, you don't have the authority to do 10,000, much less 50, but continue. Then Speaker Pelosi said this in 2001 about the limits, again, of what you can do without an act of Congress. Here she was. <clears throat> People think that the president of the United States has the power for debt forgiveness. He does not. He can postpone. He can delay. But he does not have that power. That would has to be an act of Congress. Yeah, that has to be in Congress's hands. And even the postponement, which he's done now for three years because of the pandemic, even the postponement had some questions about it. But these people weren't asked to to pay even the interest on their loans. And I know some of them didn't go to school. So where is this going? We're not going to know until June and maybe the end of June. It just might not come up until the end of June because the, the court hears it and decides they vote on it. Then they write the decision and then it's handed out at the end of the 
of the court unless it's leaked, which, you know, that could happen with the Supreme Court. You just might see a leak happen. But I, I don't understand how this could possibly be legit or something they could say was justifiable. It makes no sense, especially when you talk about the people who will be paying for it, the iron workers, the firemen, the teachers, not the ones with the masters. Uh, Biden lied about this, too. He lied about this when he said he, he actually got it this passed. The student loan cancellation scam was passed. Secondly, if you don't have one of those loans, you just get 10000 written off. It's passed. I got it passed by a vote or two. No. No, there was no vote because that never happened. I don't know what delusional world you live in, but that never happened. Again, unless there's a leak, we're not going to hear the answer to this until June and probably the end of June because they're worried there's going to be rioting in the streets again. Bernie Sanders was out there screaming. So was Elizabeth Warren. So was the rest of the squad. I'm not going to torture you with those those harpies screeching. Joe was also out uh, being um, negative Joe, divisive Joe. You know, he said he was going to be the, the guy who brought people together. But he's, again, driving a wedge between Americans. Listen to how he refers to MAGA Republicans. Uh, by the way, there's an awful lot of really good Republicans. But the MAGA Republicans are a different breed of cat. No, they're not bad or good. They're just very, they're very different. Yeah, sure. They're just a different breed of cat. What the hell does that even mean? He's out there lying, too. He's talking about how people have an extra $800 a month in their uh, pockets under his rules, under his regulations. Where I come from, $800 matters. Well, that's good because... Families have lost over $9,300 in the two years since you've been in office in higher prices for just about everything. Just about everything. And Joe also warned us today. I want to make it clear. I'm going to raise some taxes. Oh, oh, and I'm sure he's going to say he's going to do it on billionaires. But we're all going to have to pay for it, Joe. Then he had a malfunction. He had a brain fart trying to read the giant teleprompter that they put out for him. The, the letters are about as big as your arm. If they have to pay out $159,000 billion lead, less. So listen to that. The audience is laughing at this guy's inability to read a teleprompter. If they have to pay out $159,000 billion lead. Grandpa rolls his eyes and everybody laughs. This is the most powerful man on the planet. Last night, he held a Black History Month event at the White House and um, told some fibs, you know, some stories that aren't true. You know, uh, I know most of those songs for a simple reason. As my buddy from Delaware can tell you, when you're involved in the civil rights movement as a kid in high school, I used to go down to the black church. I go to 7.30 mass. I'm a practicing Catholic. Then I go to 10 o'clock. And then we sit and plan what we're going to do in terms of decent. You think I'm joking. I'm not. There is no proof of this. There is no proof that any of that ever happened. 
not one scintilla of proof that Joe Biden ever went to the black church or was even involved in the civil rights movement. Not one little bit. It's a giant lie. An absolute giant lie. And, you know, he also said um, he also said a couple other dumb things last night. Hold on. Uh, I have this here. Joe, where's my Joe clip? Oh, yeah, he was talking to, again, a predominantly black crowd last night said this. By the way, you know, I'm not, I I, I may be a white boy, but I'm not stupid. (laughs) I know where the power is. Huh, so what is he saying? Is he saying that the, the view of most black people is that white people are stupid? Is that what he's saying? I, I, I may be a white boy, but I'm not stupid. I would argue with you on that final point there. And he's planning on running. At least that's what we hear. Jill Biden has been asked about it. Jill Biden was asked by a reporter if she's okay with Joe running again. And as we all know, she's the gatekeeper. Is there any chance at this point that he's not going to run? Uh, not in my book. <laughs> You're all for it. I'm all for it, of course. She's all for it. So when are we going to find out since you're the one in charge? Is all that's left at this point is just to figure out a time and place for the announcement? Pretty much. Pretty much. So we're just waiting on Dr. Jill. Yeah. She said, after all, Joe brought us all out of this chaos. He's not done. He's not finished what he started. Look at all that Joe has has done has accomplished i mean he brought us out of the chaos out of the chaos his chaos killed 13 american service personnel in afghanistan his chaos allowed 90 billion dollars worth of equipment to fall into the hands of the taliban and they sold it to god knows who his chaos has led to a significant loss in 401ks in uh, spendable disposable income lowest consumer price consumer confidence in a long time today the markets are sliding again gas is still about a dollar higher than it was and we've depleted our strategic petroleum reserves by 40 percent with no sign of refilling them those were for an emergency we're sending our arms to a country which we're very nicely trying to defend from a russian invasion but we haven't put any controls on it. And at the same time, the billions that we are sending, those billions are also going to pay the pensions of Ukrainians. What about American pensions? What about ours? I don't think Joe should run, but you know he's going to check with his wife because she's the one who holds all the power. He's going to check, though. Well, apparently someone interviewed my wife today, I heard. I heard that, too, just before I came in. I I got to call her and find out. No, all kidding aside. Uh, My intention hasn't been done from the beginning to run. But there's too many other things I have to finish in the near term before I start a campaign. So was it really his intention from the beginning to run? I seem to remember a different pitch from Joe Biden, a very different pitch on his plan. 
He sure sounds like he promised to be a one-termer. I view myself as a bridge, not as anything else. There's an entire generation of leaders you saw stand behind me. They are the future of this country. Huh. That was on the campaign trail. He, he pitched himself as a bridge and all those young leaders. Well, the young leaders, would that be, would that be Kamala? She said today that she expects to be running along with Joe. Uh, that's kind of interesting. And oddly enough, Donna Brazil, who got traded from Fox to MSNBC, I think. She originally left CNN and then went to Fox and they got sick of her pretty quickly. And she's, I think she's at MSNBC now. And she says Kamala's ready. America is ready for a woman president at some point. And Kamala Harris is prepared if that moment uh, comes in her life to run for president. Hmm. Is she prepared? Is she? I just love the idea of exploring the unknown. I love electric school buses. I just love them for so many reasons. Maybe because I went to school on a school bus. I really love Venn diagrams. You know, the circles, right? Three usually. <laughs> to check if you qualify. Go to getinternet.gov. Huh? To check if you qualify, go to internet.gov. That's the lady Donna Brazil says is ready. She's not ready. Joe is barely hanging on. The Democrats, I, I will be very surprised if either of those people are on the ticket when it's time to vote in 2024. I, I may be a white boy, but I'm not stupid. Well, you're more Forrest Gump than you know, sir. All right, I need to uh, step aside for a minute. When we come back, we need a little inspiration today. Our buddy, Jim Stovall, with his winner's wisdom, is next on the Pure Opelka podcast. Our friend Jim Stovall is back with us. Jim gives us a lesson. Well, he gives me a lesson pretty much every week. Uh, that comes out of his Winner's Wisdom column, which I typically review myself before we talk. And then Jim helps me with a deeper dive into the Winner's Wisdom column. And uh, Jim, this week I, I have to uh, plead ignorance because I did not receive the Winner's Wisdom column. And it's not in the usual place where I find it. So you're going to have to help me out. Maybe it's my browser, but I'm ignorant today. Well, and, and we, can, we can work with that. I have a lot of experience working with that with you. And uh, so today we'll be taking a dive into the shallow end, and I, I trust <laughs> you'll survive that. But, um, no, the, this week's column is called uh, Why It Matters. And it comes out of my experience not that long ago when the World Cup was going on and Team America was playing Iran. And, and I will admit to have never having understood or appreciated soccer. And I realized uh, it's the most uh, uh, popular uh, sport around the world. And, you know, so in this week's column, I described my, you know, I delved into it and uh, tried to learn. And a couple of the kids at the Stovall Center at the university are on the college soccer team. So I talked to them about it. And I'm all ready for, you know, uh, to the satellite and I catch the soccer matches. And, um, 
And I will tell you, I, I, I come to appreciate it somewhat, but I still don't get it. I mean, a great baseball game or basketball game or certainly a football game uh, seems to surpass that so much. But it matters because it matters to these people. And that's one of the things we're missing in the world. And one of the great things about my Winner's Wisdom column, it appears in newspapers and magazines throughout North America, Europe, and Asia. So, you know, a lot of people around the world are, you know, they're thinking, well, what's the matter with you? I mean, you know, you, you, you don't like uh, soccer. And I just, you know, I didn't understand it. But we've got to, you know, we've got to break out of our normal thing. You know, we, we can get so set in our ways and so in a rut that we go to the same restaurant, order the same thing, we drive to work the same way, we hang out with the same people, we listen to the same music. And every once in a while, it's just great to you know, force yourself to take on a little project and get out of your habit and listen to some music, watch some programming you wouldn't normally watch, order a menu item you wouldn't, and you know, and meet some people you wouldn't otherwise meet and find out what matters to them. Because nothing bonds you more or creates a deeper relationship with someone than to ask what matters to you. And uh, I've always encouraged people, if you want to experience this at its foundational level the next time you go to the state fair or the county fair and they have the barn over there with all of the the sheep and pigs and cows and everything and it's an area most of us uh, avoid but one time uh, years ago my wife and i take a tour through there and here's this little kid uh, washing off his cow right and he couldn't be over seven or eight years old and his cow is going to be in a competition i had one of the best afternoons of my life i said is this your cow he said yeah it's my cow i said tell me about that cow right there Wow, what an amazing, because, you know, I could care less about this cow, but it mattered to him. And if you, if you make the things that matter to other people matter to you, they matter. And there's just a, it's just a great feeling. And so, you know, so much of our divide and divisiveness in our society today is because uh, I don't care about anything other than what I care about, and I don't care about what you care about. And that's uh, the beginning of uh, us being divided. Well, this idea of finding out why something matters to someone else is the beginning of us uniting or at least having empathy towards one another or for one another. And I get it. I, some of the some of the greatest friends I have, Jim, and you probably uh, you're probably going to say I get it because I think you probably experienced this, too. We're. People I thought were so diametrically opposed to my lifestyle, my beliefs, my my educational history. But once I found out, once I dug a little below the surface to get the idea of why they do what they do or why they love what they love, you suddenly realize that divide between us is nowhere near as big as we're being told. Yeah. In my uh, most recent book, uh uh, words that shaped our world, and it's about quotes of famous people. But the Louis L'Amour quote, my favorite American novelist, said, no one can be judged except against the backdrop of the time and place in which they lived. And, you know, you've got to understand where do these people come from? What, um, you know, what is it about it? I went to college. There was a guy that lived across the, the hall from me. He was from Poland. And uh, we were going somewhere on some kind of dorm outing, and my roommate had a car. He had one of those VW Bugs. Well, he, we go to pick it, and here's this Polish kid, and he said, I won't ride in that. <laughs> and I said, what is your, what, what do you mean? Well, his 
grandparents had been killed in uh, a Nazi concentration camp. He ain't getting in no German car. And uh, and now I I can't say I totally shared his his feeling on that, but I could certainly understand his sentiment. I mean, I can you know when you when you come to understand how people feel, why do you feel that way? And that's just one of the most powerful things. You know, why is this good? What about this matters to you? And, you know, and I've tried this with all kinds of new cuisines and, and music. And, uh, you know, I've listened to things that uh, uh, I would have never listened to on a bet. And some of it I still won't listen to, but at least I understand what I don't like. But some of the rest of it, I thought, wow, that, that's pretty good. And there will be a song in my upcoming movie that came out of that. It, it, it's kind of a, a well-known hip-hop guy, but he goes into this melodic thing, and uh, and uh, they're making the deal right now. And, uh, you know, had I not wanted to branch out a little, you know, I'd still be doing the same old stuff. I, I love this, just the image of Jim Stovall colluding <laughs> with a hip-hop artist. It warms my heart. Jim, uh, I, I want to make sure people understand the uh, Louis L'Amour quote is chapter three in Words That Shaped Our World, and it truly is a, uh, a quote that people should use today whenever they start thinking about canceling somebody or something. And that quote, again, no one can be judged except by the backdrop, dr- backdrop of the time and place in which they lived. And that truly is great wisdom, great winner's wisdom. Uh, Jim, I have to share with you, my dad, my late father, drummed into all of our heads that the man who knows how will always have a job, but the man who knows why will always be the boss. Absolutely. And, and I think that's, uh, that relates to what you're saying today about why it matters when you find out why people love something. Jim Stovall is our friend, our guest, and uh, a font of wisdom he gives away in the Winner's Wisdom column every week. Go to jimstovall.com and see what Jim is up to and... And I can't wait for the movie. I got to see Jim Stovall's movie with a hip hop connection. It's going to be great. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate you.